Shalom everybody, we're continuing where we left off in the Kutei Alachot, section Evan Ha'ezer, Hilchot Ishu, the laws of marriage, discourse number 3, Alacha Gimel, we're still in Si'if Lamed Gimel, section 33, we're approximately two-fourths into the discourse. This part is, is like one of the most exciting parts of this discourse, we've mentioned it outside a few times, we're at this point of Nosen, we'll go into part of the deep secrets of the Kabbalah, which we've touched upon already several times in this discourse, and explain it in light of the story of the deaf beggar, and in the light of the whole concept that we're talking about regarding the direct voice, the Kol HaYashar, and the echoed bouncing second voice, the Kol HaVara, the Kol HaChoser. So Vnosin explains like this, because he started already, where we left off last time, going into the idea of a direct voice and the chesronot, the lackings which are found in the bouncing, echoed voice of this world, which the majority of people are trapped in, and that's why the majority of people can't achieve true joy and happiness and contentment in this world. Because it's exclusively separated from direct voice, so how could you ever expect there to be a complete joy in their life? So he explains Rav Nosen. Ki be'emet, because in truth, ikar bechinat kol ha'chozer nimshach b'shorsho mi'bechinat chisaron. Because in truth, in reality, the essence of the whole concept of this bouncing, echoed voice which we spoke about is drawn in its root from a lacking. The root is lacking. So automatically, any sounds emitted from this world which emanates from the bounced second voice is automatically lacking. Kiadua, here we go. Because it is known in the Kabbalah, Shekola Chozer Begashmiut. Sorry, this is like in, in nature, sorry. It's known a natural fact. Shekola Chozer Begashmiut, Hukeshakol Pogea, Beeze Mechitza Umakebo. How is an echo, a bounced sound voice made? It's when. The direct, this bouncing voice, it, it, it's made physically, on a physical level, when uh, any voice touches, makes contact with some type of a wall and hits it, some type of a, of a boundering, and hits it. Kegon, for example, Bayar or Ben Harim, letting out a voice in a, like a forest or amongst the mountains. So how is the echo made? It's bouncing off of the items which are standing in front of the person making the voice, for example. This is an echo. It bounces off. This is the second bouncing voice. This concept in its spiritual supernal root where does this come from? This is like a physical, scientific fact, okay? Fine. Where do we see it on the spiritual realm? What's the root of this existence happening of an echo being there in the first place? In its upper root, this concept of the bouncing voice it, it's, it, this, this, this echo is drawn from this concept we mentioned already of the, the, the kola choser, the bouncing second voice, which is hitting because of, from mehakat bechinat kola yashar, being hit from the, the voice, the direct voice. He explains. Bechinat mechitsa the upper, this is the term in the Kabbalah, the upper boundary, the upper, upper wall. 
which, which is what? What is he talking about here? Here we go into Kabbalah. This is the idea of the initial constriction at the beginning of creation. The initial constriction is called the middle point of the universe. That from this middle point is drawn the echoed second voice. He explains, because it has, it's already known and has been explained elsewhere in Rabbi Nachman's teachings, Likutei Moran, Lesson 49, Lesson 64, that before creation, the whole existence was considered just the infinite one blessed be He. Hashem was everywhere, everywhere meaning that there was no room to create the world. You can't create, if everywhere Hashem is everywhere, you can't create an existence where Hashem is hiding, if He's everywhere. So what to do? And when Hashem, blessed be He, wanted to create the universe, the world, which like we said, Olam, the word for Hebrew, for world is Olam, and it's rooted in the word for concealment, Ha'alama, a hiddenness, because Hashem is hidden in the world. So if Hashem is everywhere, how are you going to create a part of a part of existence where He's hidden, if He's everywhere? Okay? So he explains. When Hashem wanted to create the world where He will be concealed, that will be the test of mankind to find Him. So what did Hashem do? So Hashem constricted His godliness, His presence, if you want to say, to the sides of this creation of the world until there was made what was called an empty hollow, a vacated space in the middle. Okay, and in the middle point of this empty hollow space, Vesham Himshich Haor Bederech Kav, and into this empty hollow, this vacated hollow space, Hashem drew in His light in a like, form out of a ray, a line. And through this ray, this light coming from the extremity of this hollow space, going into hitting the center point of this hollow space, okay? All the worlds in this universe were created. All this has been explained in the introduction, the beginning of the book Etz Chaim by Rav Chaim Vital, explaining the Arizal's Kabbalah. And this constriction that Hashem constricted Himself to make the creation is really the place and the wall, the boundary of all, of all the worlds that there, the worlds are created within it. He's explaining something which makes sense. Without this constriction, constricting God's presence and His light, so everything would be the infinite, infinite one blessed be. Hashem would be everywhere, and there would be no challenge of trying to experience Him from a darkness, from an emptiness, from a void. And there would be no place for the creation of the worlds like we just mentioned. So that's the reason of the emptiness being needed to create the universe. Emptiness from, as if to say, Hashem Himself. And immediately after the constriction, where there's emptiness, a void, a hollow, okay, when this hollow space was made, it immediately afterwards, so like we said earlier, He's just really explaining, explaining what He said earlier. That Hashem, of blessed be He, drew His light into this empty hollowness <coughs> in the format 
and the pathway of a line, of a straight line. Shubichinat kol hayashar. Rav says, this is the concept we've mentioned earlier of the direct voice of God. The direct voice of God is synonymous with this direct ray of light, this, this straight light of light, the straight line of light. That through this, as it's explained in the Etzchaim there, through this light entering, this ray, this direct voice, Rav Nosson says, entering the, the middle point of the vacated space, through this the whole world was created within the hollow, within the emptiness. Like the verse says in Psalms, chapter 33, <coughs> verse 6, With the word of God, the, the heavens were made, Right, and with the spirit, the breath of his mouth, all the celestial bands. In other words, the creation of the universe was through speech. That's how Rav Nosen proves, connecting what the verse says in Tehillim to what the Arizal writes, what Rav Chaim Vital explains from the Arizal, of the direct light, it has to be connected to speech, to sound. It's not just a light of sight, but it's a light contained with sound. And once this direct voice, this, this direct cove, this line of light, which is the light of sound, a sound wave, hit the middle point of this hollow vacated space, that that middle point is the most extreme point of the constriction. Because if it's the middle point of this emptiness, so that means the, it's the farthest you can get. Because if it's the middle point, that's the farthest from all the outside extremity of the circle, let's say. So that's the farthest point you can get of a constriction. Kayadua, as is known, says, as is known in the Kabbalah, that the maximum level of constriction is when we reach the middle point of this hollow empty space. That because this central point of the hollow vacated space is completely far, at the maximum level of being far from the light, the infinite light of God, which is surrounding around the hollow vacated space, the empty space here. And when the direct voice of God, of the infinite light, that He led into this empty space, right, hit this wall of the constriction, which is the central point, which is the central point of this empty space, this empty hollow. So once it hit it, it like it's, it calls it a hitting, it actually paga, it actually reached and hit something, hit the middle point, which is an extremity. Immediately, a second bouncing voice, sound, wave was made. Okay? Which is the echo. Because you can't just continue straight. It reaches the middle point, it stops there, and where sort of like go? It just stops, and that's it. It has to continue somewhere. It stops and it continues backwards. It goes now back towards where the initial light was coming in that direction, but also in all directions. It hit the middle point and like it splashed. Pushed. It splashed to all the directions from that middle point. So all those new rays coming from the middle point are considered to be an echo. It's not the initial ray coming from the divine, infinite light of God. Okay? And because that middle point where the echo was created 
is so far, so distant from the beginning of the direct voice coming from the extremity of the hollow, the surrounding extremity. Because of this, it's easy to fool people, to fool you into believing that it's in existence in itself. He says, through this, because it's so far from the, the initial beginning point of the, the direct light of God, the direct voice of God, it seems that the echo is a voice within itself, in itself, has no connection with the direct voice. That's what you see, because you see another voice coming from a different direction. Wow, this is something, but it's really not. It's only a bouncing echo from the initial voice. To the extent that a person can make you, a person can make a mistake in thinking this that it's an as existence in itself, as if this bouncing, echoed second sound wave, God forbid, is the essence. You begin to be so impressed with it, you make a big deal out of it that this must be the essence of the sound, as we mentioned above. And this is the main test of free will. Do you get fooled into, do you get sucked into believing that the sounds of society, the sounds of this world are the main thing and it's worth struggling and toiling and giving your whole life to pursuing the sounds of this world? Or do you look at things with an eye of truth through your free will? Do you begin to believe, wait a second, where do these sounds come from? Why waste my time on these results? Let's go to look at the root of them. And it's expected of me to ask and to seek out where do these sounds of this physical world come from? Who's making these sounds? Where did it start? Am I just going to cycle and just not ask any questions? Or they say, wait a second, what am I doing? What's my purpose in life? What is my mission? Who am I? What's the purpose of life here? What's the goal? What are we doing here? That's the idea of connecting to the, the direct voice of God, looking for the message of Hashem, looking for the divine behind the physicality of this world.